Young people have been trying for years and years and years to get people to listen to their experiences, stories about their experience and what life is like. In the year 2050, I will be 56 years old. Yet, right now, the average age of this 52nd parliament is 49 years old. OK, Boomer. Uh, current political... And they are just now sick of this shit. Kia ora, I'm Alex Ashton, and today on The Detail, the generational divide is back. Now, if you haven't seen the clip, basically what happens is someone in Parliament tries to interject Chloe's very important climate thoughts, and so Chloe sticks up her hand and says, OK, Boomer, and just like that, in two words, she sums up how millennials treat boomers, as if their views don't count, because they're too old to understand. The meme, OK, Boomer, which became a parliamentary retort reigniting the age wars. This is offensive. It's ageism. I mean, it's absolutely not ageism. Um, if anything, the way that older people, including boomers, um, you know, have portrayed millennials, I, I think, could also be perceived as ageism or condescending or rude and dismissive to an entire generation. And now raising questions about privilege, entitlement and ageism. Full disclosure before we go on, I sit in the millennial group, albeit on the tail end of that. Up to you whether you want to disclose where you sit. I'm on the cusp, uh, 1963, so I'm the very end of Boomers, the beginning of Gen X. Neil Curtis is an Associate Professor in Media and Communications at the University of Auckland. He has some thoughts on the fallout from OK Boomer, but they might not be the typical ones you'd expect from a borderline Gen X Boomer. There's debate over who is who, category-wise, but generally speaking, baby boomers were born between 1946 and 65, Generation X, 1966 to 86, and Generation Y, also called Millennials Proper, from 86 to 2006. After that, you're getting into Zuma territory. What defines a boomer? The post-war reconstruction, right? Particularly in, in Europe and to some extent in the, in the States... This joyful mood came in part from the robust post-war economy. Factories were churning out products to satisfy the growing consumer appetite in America and to meet the needs of a post-war Europe. Boomers appeared at a time of optimism, a time of peace, a time of almost jobs for life, um, growing prosperity. One thing in particular, going back to where I'm from, which is the UK, is the social mobility and there will never, ever be social mobility like that again. What is social mobility? My parents were both working class. But within a generation, by the time they were young adults, they'd entered into a middle-class pay bracket. So within two generations, we went from my grandmother, who scrubbed people's floors age 12, she was put into service age 12, to my father being um, the chief engineer of Bedfordshire on a very high salary... Um, and that was a product, that social mobility was a key part of the sort of boomer experience. And then what changed between the boomers and Gen X? Gen X, I suppose, um, primarily would be defined by, to some extent, that sort of cultural revolution that took place in the 60s, right, that starts, well, I suppose it starts with the beats in the 50s, but really we're talking about the mid-60s and the, and the hippie movement. Brotherhood, kindness, you know... Um, equality. You know, I love my neighbour more than myself, and that's their whole oh, philosophy. I, I agree with you. Free love, the 
politics against Vietnam, the anti-Vietnam movement, the civil rights movement. So they grew up in a time of quite kind of radical cultural shift. And that is the main thing that I think defines defines the Gen X. So going through that cultural shift, how does that come through in a Gen X's personality or beliefs or politics? It's quite a tricky one to, to say. I mean, Gen Xers like to think of themselves as a little bit edgy. Right. Right. <laughs> but I think what it's translated to by the time we got into the 1980s and on the sort of cusp of the millennials being born was that sort of countercultural attitude had turned into very much a sort of quite a conventional form of individualism, right? So Gen Xers think of themselves as kind of radical, self-expressing, free, right? So the, the so Gen Xers sort of seem to naturally dovetail into a form of neoliberal, express yourself through consumerism, right? The, prim, the primacy of the individual is the most important thing. So it went from quite a, a radical, countercultural um, birth, if you like, to where the Gen X has ended up in the 80s was a quite sort of conventional supporter of neoliberalism. And before we come to some of the animosity between the groups and what's happening in the news now, uh, let's finish with millennials. How are they widely categorised? Um, they were born without knowing anything but Thatcherism, if you like, right? They they don't they, they were born into that kind of uh, global dogma of neoliberal free markets. Um, it's the age of globalisation. It's the age of MTV. I want my MTV! I want my MTV! I want my MTV! Call your cable company and say, I want my MTV! In the 1980s, we developed this new form of media where you could choose what you wanted to watch. And, of course, that was the precursor to what we have sort of streaming now. Mm. So I think it's those kind of media, media changes that, that are key to understanding um, the millennials, really. And, yeah. and also that sort of what became known as the end of history mentality, right? In, in, when the Berlin Wall came down, Fukuyama wrote an absolutely awful but very popular book called The End of History, in which he declared that everything was finished now, we just need to roll out neoliberal ca capitalism. So they were also brought up in that bubble where they were told that everything had been sorted out and they just need to help roll out the system. The article that I was reading of yours was written a few years ago now, and at the time I really remember this discussion around millennials. We were taking too many selfies, we were narcissistic, we weren't good at work, everything. Our Don't forget avocado. Avocados, our food choices were all wrong, yet we wanted to blame everyone else for it. How did that become the view of millennials? And is that a fair summary of I don't I think it's, the stereotypical I don't think it's fair at all. I mean... Part of the reason why I wrote that piece for the Herald because I'd gone through my own sort of changes. When I started to teach, I was teaching young people who had known only Margaret Thatcher. And the university was going through a change in which they were becoming customers rather than students and we were being told we have to do more and more to provide for them, right? So I think those kinds of changes were often taken as evidence that that millennials were, were lazy and couldn't look after themselves and want everything done for them. And, and then I, I went through this transition because I suddenly thought, well, actually, the reason why we're having this shift from students to customers is because we're charging them massive fees. 
and because they're all having to work and they're all actually quite stressed out and it was like a it was a complete complete transformation in the way I I thought about my students and I suddenly saw who they were rather than imagining what they were based on my own political beliefs and I, and I and I don't think enough people from the sort of the Gen X and the boomers actually think about the experience of young people today and and I think it's just lazy thinking on the part of us older people right um it's it's easy to condemn them in that way is it the core of this sort of that that everyone every generation thinks they're getting the raw deal yes i think so i think older people particularly sort of uh, the boomers like to think of themselves as hard working um and many of them of course were my mum and dad were incredibly hard working and i i wouldn't i wouldn't dismiss that for for anything but they were also incredibly privileged they grew up at a time where society was strong post-war and there was massive public investment. Um, there was security in life, there was security in work um, and there was politicians who, you know, still acted by some kind of code of honour. And I think part of the problem is, particularly when millennials and Zoomers look back at the at the boomers, that they don't have any comprehension of their own privilege. The, um, they don't. The, bo- the boomers and the Gen Xers don't, right? And I think this is a real point of contention, right? Because um, particularly me, I'm a white man, right, as you can see. I'm incredibly privileged as a white, middle-class, middle-aged man. Mm. I like to think that everything I've done in my life is because I deserve it, Right? I don't like to think that actually I've had a lot of advantage in my life and that advantage has helped me get where I am, right? That's a difficult thing to think about because we all like to think we're special, right? So part of the problem is that the the, the boomers did work hard and probably made lots of sacrifices for their kids, but at the same time, the younger people now want them to realise what a privileged situation they lived in. And there's a refusal to do that. It's just so dismissive, isn't it? And and it's that sort of intolerance and dismissiveness towards a generation who have a great deal of experience. Mm. You know, but it's a little bit more advanced than whatever. Yeah, whatever. But I, I also think that young people are getting a bit tired now. I think they're really, really getting tired, particularly around... Tired stuff. of what? Tired of having to say that the economy is fragile... And it's been made fragile by previous generations who've supported a certain type of politics. The climate is potentially catastrophic and nobody's doing anything about it. We're developing a politics now at this moment where it seems to be perfectly acceptable to deny science. I mean, where has that come from, right? Well, I know where it's come from, but that's a rhetorical question. In that situation now where young people have been trying to talk about these issues, about their own sense of precarity, and they don't feel anybody's listening to them, and they're being spoken to with such arrogance. I mean, you see this around the, the, the shock jocks on commercial media, right? I do wonder if uh, our current generation of young people have any resilience left in them at all, given the way they're being wrapped in cotton wool and cosseted 
and their egregious sense of self-entitlement. They speak with such arrogance and entitlement and they are constantly dismissing the experience of young people in order to shore up their own worldview, their own sense of entitlement and their own privilege. She will never forgive them, she said, through a sort of furious glare and raised eyebrow. She also said her childhood had been stolen away from her. And in that is more damage to her cause than she realises, mainly because she's not old enough or mature enough to understand a number of life's simple lessons. Kids telling off adults gets you nowhere. And young people are actually really tired of it now. So OK Boomer is just a way of saying... I'm sick of this, right? What about the fact that a lot of the criticisms of millennials, they can be seen as true? Like, for example, I do eat out a lot more than my parents. So I sit here and complain, oh, I'm never going to own a house and blah, blah, blah. And I do say those things quite often. Um, But I do spend more on going out and avocados and blah, blah, blah than my parents. So is there not some validity to that criticism towards the... The younger generation? Well, I think this is where the the generational framework also falls down, and this is really, really important, because there are plenty of boomers and Gen Xers, like myself, who support an alternative form of politics that I think is required that would also be beneficial for the millennials and the Zoomers, right? And there are also plenty of people who are millennials and Zoomers who kind of bathe in the consumer culture and indifference of of neoliberalism. So you can't say that everybody within that generational group responded in the same way to the events they shared. Do you see what I mean? So while the, the OK Boomer thing, I, I kind of appreciate it and I totally support the millennial and Zoomers critique of earlier generations and and what they've kind of wasted effectively... Um, I think we also need to stay with something that for kind of a a better phrase, you think of more of a class analysis, right? That there are groups of people, there are are plenty of old people in New Zealand who are completely impoverished by the current form of politics, right? They don't have the privilege and the status and the wealth. So I think we also need to be careful of not talking about generations too much, and get back to an understanding that actually the people that are struggling within our current system of neoliberal economics is actually a, a, spans all all age groups. When do these labels become insults or slurs or something to be offended by? Well, you know what, I am I'm I'm pretty tired of that. I we over the last few years. I mean, you started tired off by, of. This idea of slurs, right? So older people, right, have been constantly attacking young people, right? The word millennial became derogatory almost immediately, right? And they started, and then they started to, people on the right in particular, would talk about these young people as self-entitled snowflakes. So they, they, they constantly criticise, 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 use these names, use these slurs, derogatory words constantly and then you know zoomers or millennials go okay boomer and they suddenly go oh my god that's hate speech air of uh, new plymouth has been called a pensioner basher and even compared to donald trump for singling out baby boomers as the most selfish generation ever is he wrong on this 
the word boomer sort of contains its own critique, mm. I think, is that you were born at a time where society was booming, right? So the, the, the critique is sort of carried in the name itself. It's not there in the Gen Xers. It's not there in the, in the millennials, right? I think the advantage and the privilege is contained in the name itself, and I think that might be part of the problem, right? To be called boomer is to be, is, is to be told that you grew up at a time of social plenty, right? And people will come back and say, well, I didn't have that because I had to work really hard in this job and my parents did this and, you know, it wasn't booming for me. You know, there's all individual experiences within a generation. We've, we've said that. But I think there's something about the term that carries its own critique. But the, the privilege thing is really about wealth more than age. In terms of the privilege afforded to the boomers is because... They are richer because of those factors that were yes, but they're them, richer because because of, because, because of their age. They were born at a time yeah. where they didn't have to spend loads of money to go to go through higher education. They didn't have to spend so much money on a house, and and they lived at a time when jobs were more secure. Right. So it's it's not just that they've got the wealth; it's that the privilege of being born at a particular time, and particularly if you're a white man at that time. Right, you were the most privileged of anybody um, since the end of the Second World War. There's nobody more privileged than a than a white man born in that period, and that's that's just the, that's just the way it is. I think well, it's super dismissive because it means mm. that if you're older, then anything you say can just be dismissed based on your age. I think, you know, a lot of younger people would argue that, you know, boomers have dismissed their concerns, you know, regarding climate change, re regarding the rising cost of education. Um, you know, they're constantly speaking out and marching in the streets and they're dismissed as just being too young. If we talk about um, wealth and when, you know, the boomer generation benefiting from having all this wealth because of the result of all these different societal factors at the time, but is that wealth just not passed on to the millennials eventually anyway? Well, it is to an extent, but the value of that wealth seems to be exponentially decreasing, particularly if you live in a place like Auckland. Um, even in the short time I've come here, the house prices have just become ridiculous. So I think, you know, if you're handed, handed down a certain amount of money, n nowadays its value has, has decreased. But that's only a small, a very small group of people who are being handed down that money. Again, we have to be careful as middle-class people to not just assume that everybody gets that or that, that that value is passed down and is as valuable as it was back then. Boomers with millennial children, do they tend to be more sympathetic towards the issues faced by millennials? Yes, it's, diff it's difficult to say, right? There's because, again, because the generational model doesn't always work, right? We have different, we have different sort of s political spectrums within, within the generation, so, so parents will relate to their millennial children in a, in, a, in a different way. A lot of boomers with millennial children or Gen Xers with millennial children show their care for those children in a very particular way. And it is genuine care, and I don't, I don't question this at all, right? But they will show their care 
by trying to reproduce in their children the mindset they currently have, which is what we were referring to before about the commitment to the mortgage, work hard to get the job, right? You've got to do well at school. You've got to go to university. You've got to do this. You've got to do that, right? That is a form of care. But what they're doing, they're locking, they're trying to lock their children into the current system and trying to help them get a good position within that current system. And then there's other people who have young children who are saying, well, actually, this system is not actually going to support my child. Even if my child works really hard, does everything they're supposed to do at school and then university, we're creating a situation that is not actually going to support my child's future. So I think that, again, we have to differentiate between different sort of responses to the world that people were born in that's produced different attitudes and there will be different attitudes of boomers to their kids about how they care for them and that will manifest in either trying to force them into a particular position within the current system or trying to support their wish to change the system. That's the detail for today. I'm Alex Ashton, a millennial. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell, both Gen X's. Kakite Anno.